so when I, um, when I was in college and, and shortly after, you know, I had growing up, I never learned about money. Um, you know, and so when I decided what I wanted to, to do with my life or a career out of college, well, I, I just wanted to make money. You know, I, I didn't know what else there was, but I wanted to, you know, be a millionaire. You know, I, I didn't grow up poor, you know, grew up, you know, like middle-class, whatever, but never learned anything. So, you know, you start reading rich dad, poor dad, you start, you know, encountering people that have money and, and all these. A great book can totally challenge your conventional thinking and change your life for good. However, some of us just don't have the luxury of time of sitting down to read a book. But there are some instances in which we do have dead time. And these are perfect times to learn. So we can learn while driving instead of jamming to the same music on the radio. Or maybe at the gym. Well, now you can. Dwelling has partnered with Amazon's Audible to give you, the Dwell listeners, a free book. Yes, a free book. So all you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash dwelling and download your free book this will also be in the show notes you can click on the link and if you don't have a book in mind and you say hola i don't actually know where to start with well awesome because i can tell you one to start with today it's a quintessential classic it's called rich dad poor dad so download rich dad poor dad and that would basically just take your mind on a different spin of course i'm always open to hear um, from our dwell listeners so email me at hola at dwelling.com and then feel free to also give us a rating and review. This really helps us to rank better in iTunes. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on The Dwelling Show. I'm your host, Ola Dantes. I've got the amazing, incredible Jason Perro with us today. Hey, Jason, how you doing? Hey, Ola, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so Jason, you have a fascinating story. Um, every time I see quit, you know, quit his job or quit her job, I'm like, I definitely want to touch on that. Um, but can you just kind of tell our dual listeners a little bit more about who you are and kind of what you've been doing lately? Yeah, so I, I'm born and raised in Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, been investing in real estate since 2001. I uh, worked in medical sales um, while my wife and I built our portfolio from zero to about 300 units, uh, left our, left my job in 2012. And, um, you know, two thirds of our portfolio, we own ourselves with no partners. Um, and next week we're closing a deal that'll put us over a thousand units. So two thirds, just ourselves and about a third of it, you know, we, we've, uh, we've syndicated, you know, we're, we're uh, GPs in the deal and, um, yeah. And so we've been doing this thing on our own for, uh, the last eight years, you know, uh, left the corporate world and, never look back. Yeah. So that's really interesting because you said you started investing in 2001 yeah. and then you quit your job. Well, in 2011 or 12? 12. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So 11 years, right? So that, that was a big chunk of time. Um, yeah. you know, so did you want it to last that long or you just wanted to be a hundred percent sure before you quit your job? I mean, we'll get back to a little bit more about the yeah, issue, yeah. but I just kind of want to touch on that. Well, when, when we started out, you know, we were 24 years old and, and, and what we thought was a lot of money at the time. I said, wow, I'm just going to, you know, save up a bunch of money. We're going to keep buying rental properties and, you know, our goals changed, you know, what we wanted to make changed. Um, and then, you know, it's kind of had the golden handcuffs for a while. So had the day job and was like, uh, you know, um, just hard to leave, you know, I just kept making more money you know, getting more accolades. And so I wanted to leave, 
that was the goal. But then I didn't have, you know, all the confidence in myself either. You know, at the time I, I, and we'd never syndicated anything, didn't really know much about that, you know, just, um, you know, I had a really demanding day job, so I couldn't even envision, you know, where else I could fit more real estate into my life, be it through flipping or wholesaling or other, other strategies. We were simply, you know, buy and hold at that time. Um, so it took a while. And, and, you know, I, I think it's natural. I talk to a lot of people that look to leave their day job and, and, you know, you have those questions and it's self-doubt and everybody kind of comes to the realization sooner that they don't need the job, but uh, th that they can just work for themselves and be an entrepreneur. But it took me, it took me a lot longer to realize that, but I've, I've zero regrets. I'm glad I, I spent the time I did uh, with the day job and, and um, uh, never, never really looked back. Yeah, um, it's really interesting because some folks would say, you know, um, bond the boats and then just, you know, just kind of go into investing like kind of full term. But it yeah. looks like you, you kind of did that, but you kind of give yourself a little bit of a wiggle room, which was that kind of 10, 11 year, you know, gap. If you were to go back in time to that 24-year-old Jason, would you have burnt the boats and just kind of went straight in, say like in their first year of investing? No, I, if I, did, I, I will tell you this. If I did burn the boats, I know what I would have, I know what I would have done. Um, you know, I would have uh, found a private lender or many private lenders, partners, and I would have built my portfolio that way. Um, because how we did it, you know, we saved up our down payments. We had lines of credit and we, you know, so we did the burn method before there was a name for it, um, you know, with using lines of credit and things like that. But um, that's how I would have done it. But I think what I learned about the business, having my own skin in the game, you know, making sure that was my own hard earned money, my wife's hard earned money, you know, learning a lot of mistakes, uh, but also what we learned in the corporate world, you know, getting promotions, getting better jobs, um, you know, that, um, that was also invaluable. You know, there, there was a lot of connections I made, just a lot of work and real life experience that I think helped, helped me in running our business now. So, um, you know, I know some people just said, Hey, you know, we'll tell you, Hey, just, you know, forget about the day job. You know, you can make a little bit of money in a, you know, uh, in real estate, if you're worried about making a little bit of money at a day job, that's true. But you know, we're all in different um, phases and, and have different mindsets. I mean, you know, maybe um, that's, there's nothing wrong with having that security of a day job. You know, there's nothing wrong with trying to learn and build your skill set through the vehicle of a day job. Um, you know, I know plenty of people I encounter, you know, good friends as well that have their coworkers or even superiors at their job who end up investing with them. And, and so, you know, the workplace can also be a source of, of private money, can be a source for passive investors. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you really want to experiment with what's going to work for you in, in the real estate investing world, it gives you that leeway that, look, if you make a mistake, it's not going to disrupt your entire life and send you into the house. You know what I mean? So um, it doesn't mean that approach is for everybody. I think you really have to find what's comfortable. But if you're not comfortable burning the boats, that's okay. You know, just, but find what, you know, but, but don't wait 20 years or 30 years, you know, don't wait forever. Um, you know, but, but I have a real estate student uh, that I coach that had told me, you know, their goal was to, to, when they retire, to be able to have a bunch of paid for rental property that, that, that could be their second career. And that's their goal. There's nothing wrong with that. Not, you know, we don't all have to think 
you know, mega abundantly and, and, and huge goals. I mean, some people just, you know, they're very happy because they have other things fulfilling their life other than the entrepreneurial journey. So let's kind of rewind back um, a little bit historically, right? So you, you had a day job, you know, in the, in the pharma world, you're a medical sales um, rep. So life was good, I'm sure. Why real estate? Why did you even bother going into real estate? What was the story behind that? Yeah, so when I, um, when I was in college and, and shortly after, you know, I had, growing up, I never learned about money. Um, you know, and so when I decided what I wanted to, to do with my life or a career out of college, well, I, I just wanted to make money. You know, I, I didn't know what else there was, but I wanted to, you know, be a millionaire. You know, I, I didn't grow up poor, you know, grew up, you know, like middle class, whatever, but never learned anything. So, you know, you start reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you start, you know, encountering people that have money and, and all these thoughts and dreams and, and things are coming into my mind. And uh, I had an internship where uh, I was working for a financial planning firm. And so I, what I was doing was basically going through all of the f- client files and setting up appointments f- for the financial planners with their, with their clients. And I had seen, it just sticks out in my mind. There was like two different, you know, totally opposing types of investors. You know, one was this, you know, um, joint, you know, dual income, you know, like physician, attorney, married couple, that probably made six, $700,000 a year that had a net worth of like a few hundred thousand dollars. And then there was a, a couple that was like a school teacher and a secretary who maybe made 75, 80,000, but had a net worth in the millions. And I'm like, Oh my God, how is that even possible? And, and so I, I asked the question to one of these planners and he said, Oh, well they, they're into real estate. That's, that's really where like, you know, really wealthy people have most of it in real estate. So I didn't learn much more than that, but that really stuck with me and had this imprint in my brain. Like, wow, if I want to make money, I've got to buy real estate. And, you know, um, fast forward, you know, six or eight months, I got a sales job, um, had been thinking about real estate, reading all these books. And, you know, this is before I could just search things on the internet. I mean, you know, the internet existed, but it wasn't like, you know, I mean, now we, we just have Facebook and so many different forums for educating yourself. So I talked to people I knew and, you know, half the people would say, oh, you never want to get involved in real estate because you're, you're going to have to fix toilets in the middle of the night and blah, blah, blah. And then, but then, you know, the, the, again, the guys that stuck out to me were, you know, the, again, there was a, uh, friends of the family. It was a two brothers-in-law. One was a school teacher. One was an IRS agent and they had, you know, 40 units or so. And, and they seemed to have like a really good life. You know, they had to take good vacations. They had nice cars. I mean, nothing too fancy, but it was like, wow, this seems like a really cool thing. And, and um, so I talked to this guy, his name was Rich. And he said, he said, I got to run a property. I'll sell you. And, and I said, okay, well, let's, let's, let's figure this thing out. And it was like, you know, $32,000 two unit, um, you know, hundred year old building. Um, but, but it worked, you know, I bought it and then I realized that, you know, Hey, I'm making this cash flow and this cash flow can pay for, you know, paid for one of my student loans at the time. And I was, I was hooked. I'm like, wow, now I'm going to buy another one and have that pay for something. And, and so my, you know, my wife was finishing up her, her degree at the time. And, you know, we just sold her on that idea that, Hey, you know what, we're going to buy a real estate, retire early. and didn't really have, you know, this, where we're at right now really wasn't, you know, um, in our minds at the time. So there's a lot in there. Just, I mean, so many things like, similar to me as well with the first duplex. And that's when I realized, oh my goodness, if I could do this 10 times, I, I, I'll be very, very fine. And that was kind of 
um, you know, the inception of our company, Dwellin, in terms of, you know, syndication. And that's exactly what you did. We're going to definitely touch on that. So, you know, you thought, hey, I can do a bit more of this duplex that you bought from Rich. So when, I mean, how quickly were you able to scale? Because I think you scaled pretty quickly, right? How quickly were you able to scale from that one duplex into kind of, I think, was it like 40 units before you went into syndication? Well, that was about, um, it was about 500 units before I got into syndication. But oh, wow. We, yeah, so we, we didn't start syndicating until about two years ago. Um, but kind of the, the, the short timeline of that is, you know, we went from that first year in 2000, it was a week before 9-11, you know, we bought our first duplex. The next summer, it was a week before our marriage, you know, we got married, we bought a duplex and a four unit from the same, from that guy, Rich. And, and, and then the next year we bought another and then another. And, and in 2005, I, I met a, uh, a gentleman by the name of Dick who had uh, 56 apartments. Well, he had more than that, we, but he had 56 that he was looking to sell, said, I'll hold the paper if you give me 10% down. And that was you know, our first million dollar deal. So I, you know, we, took, we borrowed against our 401k savings, took line, loans and lines of credit to get the down payment to, you know, to, to buy these 56 units. So that took us from 23 to 79 units overnight. And then over the next several years, you know, we did a bunch of you know, Burr model types of, of deals where you know, 2008 comes and we're buying tons of foreclosures, you know, two, three, four unit types of things, buying them dirt cheap, fixing them up, refinancing. And, and, you know, and every now and then we buy a 20 unit, a 30 unit, we get an owner finance deal with 50 units. And we, you know, we built that portfolio up to about 300 units when, when I quit my day job, my wife had already left hers. And then in 2012, so we were at about 300 units. We just kept adding properties, adding pieces to our portfolio. And, um, you know, and then, and then did a few joint venture types of deals where, you know, maybe it was a 50 unit and um, I had a friend that would have the money for the down payment and we would partner where, you know, they would get a return on their money, but I, but I own the deal, you know, they would almost set it up as a loan and, and that, that's probably a whole other show in itself, how we structure those deals. Um, but that kind of got my, kind of wet my appetite for syndication. I knew about syndication. I wasn't entirely sure about it and how I wanted to approach that and, and if it was even a fit for me. But, um, you know, about three years ago, I, I two years ago, I, I was at a uh, uh, friend's living room for his first mastermind. You know, I became friends with this guy. He has a podcast and there was about a dozen of us in his, in his living room and, and um, figuring out if we're you know, going to do this mastermind thing. And, you know, I was probably the one guy in the room that had never syndicated. And then there was a handful of other people that did. And we, there was just something that was said that weekend that, you know, the light, you know, the light bulb went off and I said, all right, I figured it out. I know how I, this makes sense to me now. And then we started syndicating. So we syndicated a handful of deals in the last, you know, in the last two years or so. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you kind of, that probably took you from, you know, just 500 to like what you said, if you close a deal, you're going to be around about a thousand, you said? Yeah. Yep. So uh, there's another question as well I'd like to ask. So from the properties you were buying, borrowing, you know, were you all, were all those properties self-managed or did you have a third party management company? Yeah, we, we sell, we've self-managed to this day. So Early on, you know, um, my wife and I, I, I'd throw the lawnmower in the back of the car and I'd go mow the lawns on the weekends or at night and, 
you know, we collect the rents and do the leases and did all that for, you know, a long time. And then after that, that first big deal we did in 2005, or it was a big deal to me at the time, 56 units, um, that came with a maintenance guy, you know, it necessitated the need to, to, to bring that guy over. And so and we kept buying more property. Um, so then I hired a property manager and, you know, so we have, you know, now we have, you know, quite a few employees and we, um, and we still self-manage. And I like the, uh, for me, you, you know, I like that ability to have my finger on the pulse of everything going on from apartment turnovers to maintenance, to rent collections, to leasing, to, to, you know, all, all, all things in between. Um, it's not for everybody. Um, but I think that, uh, that we definitely make more money self-managing than we do putting it to a third party. And, and I don't mean it to knock third party managers, but one of my mentors in the business had said, you know, this is true for like mom and pop types of properties and, and owners, but they said, no one's ever going to care for your property as much as you do. So no one's going to manage it as well. Then that's not always true. I mean, that's a very broad statement, but, but that is true. You know, no, you know, if you're the um, lead syndicator of a deal, you better care about that way more than any, you know, than any of your passive investors, you know, it, maybe it's your first two unit. Well, do you think your, your landscaper is going to care about that property more than you do? Probably not. And I think that um, that always stuck with me that, that that was really important to make sure that I, I had that proper attention and care to the properties, especially as we started syndicating and using other people's money. And so that's, um, you know, we're, we're still local. I mean, we, you know, we're investing in a, you know, into our, our county, but you know, we're, we're starting to expand into other markets. And as we do, um, I think it'll, it'll still be really important that we have that personal touch on the property um, because I can you, you hear a lot of horror stories about third-party management. Um, and, and that's, there's a lot of people that, that get it done really well. Um, but I know a lot of very successful syndicators that still struggle with um, third-party management. And I think that's something that, that we all have to like figure out how to, <laughs> how to make better if you're not going to self-manage. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you've got all this stuff going on and obviously you're looking to, I'm guessing, ramp up as well. What is the future uh, for Paracapital? You know, are you looking to syndicate more deals? I mean, what, what are your thoughts in kind of the next five to 10 years, especially with everything going on right now with COVID-19? What are your thoughts on, on the market and how you guys are going to grow? Sure. I mean, we, um, you know, as I kind of set my goals out and work on those uh, continually, they always change. And, and there was a point in time where I thought, you know, I'd never sell anything, but I've started to sell off some of that property that we acquired early on. And I'm going to continue to kind of reset the portfolio, you know, and as we sell off, um, you know, small pieces, taking that equity and putting that equity into our larger deals. You know, um, we, we've, uh, the, the current deal we're closing in about a week, um, you know, I'm putting money into that deal that I received from selling some, some smaller properties. And, and so I, I like the larger properties. I also like owning things myself. I still love some of the stuff that my wife and I own ourselves, but part of this is trying to, to create, you know, we have a really good business, but having something that runs really efficiently, what like a well-oiled machine so that if you want to travel and be halfway across the world, you can manage your business from that, that vantage point, and not have to deal with, you know, um, the minutia of the business. So we're continuing to acquire bigger, um, sell off the smaller, um, but also work at paying down. I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with having 
you know, if you had a, if you had $5 million worth of property with no debt, one could make an argument that, you know what, there, there's a lot of wiggle room and you can make a lot of mistakes and still make a ton of money um, on, on having a, you know, a property like that. So, um, so there's that balance of, of, you know, leveraging and growing, but also paying down debt. Um, but being very efficient, you know, we, we like to travel, like to spend time with family and friends, you know, it's not all about, about work. Um, I'll be 43 in a couple of weeks and, you know, um, still young, still have a lot of time. So, you know, retirement is not, um, totally imminent, but I, I really enjoy, um, you know, I've done, started doing a lot of real estate coaching, um, run a, run a mastermind of my own. Um, and I, I enjoy giving back like that. You know, it doesn't seem like at this stage of the game that I want to, you know, trade my time for money for something like that. But I really like to see new investors or even experienced investors kind of get these breakthroughs where, you know, I, I have a friend who's, we're, you know, just coaching him and, and um, he's working at leaving his day job. And there's, it's so gratifying to get that thank you of like, even if you just play a small little role in somebody's life on, on getting, helping them get to their goals. And so, so it's this balance of, yeah, we're acquiring and building wealth, but um, you know, at some point, you know, I don't need to, you know, I don't need to be the Steve Jobs of, of real estate, right? I to take care of my family, take care of my friends, take care of my community, give back, you know, lead a fulfilling life. You know, a lot, a lot can be taken away from you really quickly. You know, you could you know, have come down with a sudden illness. Um, you know, I, I had a, a health scare a few years ago that, you know, it really helped me over time to kind of reset what's important in my life. And, and, and I think that, um, you know, I mean, sure, money's important, you know, I mean, it's great and achieving and being, you know, a success in business. Those things are important to me, but it's, but it's not the, um, you know, but it's not the end goal. You know what I mean? Like being a good husband, a good father, a good friend, a good community member, you know, giving back, uh, whether that's through charity, giving back into the real estate business by helping those that are getting started or even those that are well-established that are looking to grow. So those are the types of things that drive me. And I'm just keeping an open mind to what types of opportunities um, come about in the future. You know, you had mentioned COVID. Um, you know, it's a weird time out there. Um, but we're closing. You know, we just closed the deal about two weeks ago. Um, we have uh, 127 units closing next week. And then I'm closing a small eight unit in about a month. And, and you know, from an agency debt standpoint, it's really tricky right now. I mean, we have to have uh, 18 months of principal interest you know, insurance, um, and, uh, what else taxes and, and reserves. I mean, that, that can kill a deal. Um, but you know, for, fortunately for our deal, the way we underwrote it and, and our, our expectations, it didn't, um, didn't really change anything. So we're, we're feeling really good about, about how that, uh, how that's going to shape out. And I think a lot of that is temp, like a lot, a lot of those restrictions are temporary in nature and that, um, those restrictions will ease up. You know, there, there will continue to be opportunity in the multifamily um, business, especially in, you know, areas like where I'm at in the Midwest, you know, B and C type properties. Um, you know, it's, it's not like, I mean, everybody in this country is affected by COVID. Everybody in this country is affected by the social unrest, but things will change. You know, thing, things will improve and um, there will still be opportunity. And, and so people are affected, but in apartments that are affordable, they're still paying their rents. So our tenants that pay $500 a month in rent and tenants that pay $1,200 a month in rent, they're still paying their rent, you know, and we're not knee deep in the middle of some project that has to work only if we push the rents 
you know, through the roof. So we've always tried to stress test our deals to the, to the effect that worst case scenario scenario should be, it should, it should be a good deal as it exists right now. You know, we shouldn't have to kind of, you know, fit a, a square peg into a round hole type of thing. So yeah, makes sense. Absolutely. Well, we're definitely, definitely dwelling into the quick rounds. These are going to be quick questions, quick answers. You ready, sir? Yeah. All right. First question. What makes you unique? What makes Jason unique? What is that differentiating factor that separates you from the next guy or the next girl? Yeah, what, what makes me unique, um, I would say is the time I've spent in the business. Um, you know, we're in uh, a tertiary market and um, I believe that, uh, you know, I'm not much of a contrarian, but I don't necessarily buy into searching out all, all of like, you know, all the new information, you know, um, that there's a lot of OGs in this business that you're not going to find on social media, that, that you're not going to be out there trying to sell you the brand new techniques. So just stick to the fundamentals. And that's, I think, a little bit different. And I've, I'm learning to find my voice with that a little bit more. I don't want to be that guy that then is selling something or pushing some new technique. I just think that at the end of the day, stick to the stick to the fundamentals of the business. And that, that's what makes me unique. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, next question: What was the last book that you read, and what was the one thing you picked up from that book? So the last book I read um, was "The Universe Has Your Back" by Gabrielle Bernstein, and um, you know, it's just this—it's just this amazing book about kind of you know, like um, letting go and, and um, you know, just healing your mind and your emotions, and, and uh, it's just. You know, I, I love all that kind of frou-frou, like per, personal development stuff. But I think so much of this is about mindset and having a positive, a positive frame of mind and, and uh, taking care of yourself. And that's so. Um, so yeah, I'm about halfway through that and really enjoying it. Yeah, I know Gabby. Yeah, she's she's awesome. Um, I'm sorry. Last questions. Um, you've obviously got a ton going on. You're managing your properties. You're managing investors. You've got a ton. You've got your family, obviously. What do you do for fun? Yeah. Um, well, I, I, what I would do for fun pre-COVID is we would go to sporting events and concerts and, and uh, we love doing, you know, doing things like that, love to travel. Um, so, so in a normal world, that, that's, that's the type of stuff I like to do, spending time with friends. Um, you know, in our area, uh, things have started to loosen up, restrictions have loosened up. So uh, I golfed for the first time in three years uh, the other day with some friends. And it wasn't about the golf, it was about spending time with friends. And, and I, uh, so that's, that's really the thing that we like to just spend time socializing, you know, work, uh, spending time with family, spending time with friends. And that's, that's, you know, really fulfilling, just building those, building those relationships. And, and, uh, you know, and, and for fun, I'm planning my next trip. So during COVID, I can't, we can't go anywhere, but trying to plan what we'll do once, once we can kind of get back to normal. Yeah. So, um, kind of just tell us how folks can get connected with you, especially with your, your mentoring program. You can kind of mention that as well. Sure. Um, if anybody wants to hop on um, a free strategy call with me, I, uh, they can go on calendly.com forward slash Jason Perro and um, book a 15, 20 minute call with me. Um, you know, I have nothing to sell. I mean, you know, if they want to um, partner up in some way or just even talk through a scenario they're working on, I'm glad to, uh, glad for people to reach out that way. They can reach me on my email, uh, jasonperro at yahoo.com. Those are probably the two quickest ways to connect with me and, you know, uh, link up with me on Facebook or LinkedIn as well. Jason, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. It was great talking with you. You may have heard the phrase, there are a thousand ways to make a thousand dollars in real estate. 
well now you can actually tune into the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast with over a thousand believe it or a thousand podcasts and still going the best real estate investing advice ever show is hosted by a very good friend of mine joe fellas joe talks to influential thought leaders we share the best advice ever with none of the fluff you've got to check this stuff out so listen and subscribe at bestevershow.com that's bestevershow.com